It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, episode 25, being true to yourself. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Maybe you're commuting, hopefully you're commuting safe, and this is just, you know, playing playing through your speakers. Uh, maybe it's your plan time. I am Mike. I'm Principal Extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And I'm Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona, and we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. We're all about taking those, those punk rock, that ethos of punk rock, unity, passion, DIY, and sprinkling them throughout what we do as educators in the classroom and in our schools yeah it doesn't matter you don't have to be you know that that punk rock kid who's wearing the same hoodie 14 days in a row without washing it <laughs> and it's still and wearing, 100 out and you're still wearing it right <laughs> it's still 100 out you got your or, or when it's when it's 15 out and you got your shorts on with that same hoodie if you wash your hoodie after every wear that's completely fine we are all punks here at the punk rock Cla- classrooms podcast that's right and <laughs> on this episode mike today we've got a full length episode we want to talk about something that you know, it sparked a, a little bit of conversation last week. You, you you posted on Twitter this idea of like, it's cool to let your mohawk fly, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's the idea. Right. And so, you know, we, we're going to kind of run with that today and talk about the idea of like staying true to yourself. What does that mean as an educator? What does that mean in the punk rock scene? And I think one of the things for me, when we when we think about growing up in that punk scene and, and the hardcore and punk scene that's, that's around today is this idea of like, the scene allowed people and allowed folks to be themselves, right? And allowed for you to have the freedom to express who you were, to like put your passions on display, to put your values out there and your beliefs out there and gave you a platform to really be yourself. So it was a place where I found like, you know, I grew up in a small town. I, you know, wasn't a, I wasn't a sports kid. It wasn't that, but this was the place where I fit in, where I could be me and, and it was good. And like, it felt good to be myself in that sort of scene. So that welcoming aspect of it, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, like I, I remember growing up, you know, I, I wasn't good at sports. I was good at running. So I ran cross country and track the long distance events, which right off the bat, no one wants to do the long distance right. events, you know, like <laughs> everyone wants to sprint and do hurdles and, you know, throw the shot put. Um, so here I was this underweight kid who was into distance running. Um, so right there, I was kind of didn't fit in. And two, I remember being a freshman on my cross country team and I was excited to be a part of a team, but like day one and it's still the summer. So I hadn't even really officially started summer uh, high school yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, so I'm at practice and I get cornered and, you know, I had, you know, like my mohawk, and it was like hanging down. So it was like halfway down my face. And I remember these, these the older kids on the, on the team kind of questioning me like, Oh, you know, no one likes skaters here. And you know, no one, no one listen, you know, likes kids who listen to punk rock and give they kind of like trying to intimidate me. Right. So even when I thought I was in a group, I wasn't. And, you know, it wasn't until, I found that group of skaters and the group of kids who were in the same type of music as me and dressed like me. And that I finally, you know, even through middle school, cause I was the only kid in my middle school who, who was kind of like myself. I mean, I had good friends, but they were, you know, 
didn't get into to the to the music scene as much as yeah. I did. And I finally remember just it was almost like this weight was lifted, man. Like I was like, when I would go out on a Friday night and we'd be in a parking lot, just skating all night, like it was like, all right, this I felt like just this comfort. You know, like when you just know something's right. Right, right. That's how I felt. And you know, I, I carried that with me for you know, the, the rest of my life. And then, you know, I, I'm not going to rehash my whole story of, you know, being, being a principal, I kind of reverted back to not being who I was. I've told that story before. If you want to listen to it, I think it's like episode one, maybe we did, <laughs> you know, you, so you can go back and hear how we were our first episode and hear that story. But, um, you know, it's, I feel, you know, and I know you didn't ask me the question yet, but I know you're going to ask the question like <laughs> why is it important to be yeah, yourself yeah, as an I, educator I think in general you know what's the what's our why is it important to be yourself as an educator how does it help with your colleagues and your students right like what's the what's the benefit of being yourself what's what's good about that so like i've realized and i've kind of gone through that this school year the the first you know we're, we're quarter in and yeah the first you know eight weeks, I wasn't being true to who I was um, because it's a new unfamiliar situation, not comfortable with it as everyone is. But I feel like when me personally, when I'm not being true to who I am, I'm not effective in like any aspect of my life. Like I'm, I was being more kind of absent at home because I'm worrying about work because at work, I know things are slacking because the culture's going down. I'm not able to help people like I have been. I'm not making connections with the kids. So then I'm worrying about that when I'm at home, then when I'm at work, you know, all those things I just said are happening. I'm worried right. about home. Like how are my kids doing? So when you're, when you're trying to hide, I don't want to say hide who you are, but almost like put on a mask or a costume as to this is what I think I'm supposed to be, you know, right. right. I know people see through that. Like my, our staff here, like this is my seventh year in the building. So they've seen me when I tried to do the quote unquote stereotypical principal role, they saw me the last few years when I came out and like, look, this is who I am. This is how we're going to do things. And they truly, you know, uh, appreciated that. And then I saw them come out of their shells and them bring themselves and their personalities and their outside passions and interests into school. And I mean, we were just, this place was just booming with you know, positivity and, yeah. and moving kids forward. Um, so then this year, when I was kind of going back to, well, I think this is what I need to do because this is what other principals are doing to lead their school during the pandemic. And um, like I said, our culture was down. It was, it was just this negative vibe in here. And recently I've gone back to like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do things how I think I need to do them, not how they're doing them down the street, not how they're doing it in the, in the district next door to us, not how they're doing yeah. it across the country. Like, this is what I feel I need to do because none of us have an answer. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing just how much the culture and the positive vibe has gone back upward um, with that, because I think when you, when Others, and I'm talking as, as, you know, a school leader. Yeah. And I told this to my, the same thing to my team leaders the other night. I sent them all a text. You know, we know that kids, when they're watching a teacher, all eyes are on that teacher. They're watching every move everywhere the kids say, the, the, the teacher says. Yeah. Same with, with, a, with a principal, assistant principal. All your staff is looking at you, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
when people see you being who you are, like being quirky, doing things that you wouldn't think a principal would do, it just makes them more comfortable. And staff has said that, like they just feel more comfortable because they know that they in turn could be themselves. And like I said, when you're more comfortable and you're comfortable in your own skin and like, this is who I am and this is what I love to do. I mean, who doesn't want to be surrounded in like that type of environment, you right. know? It comes down to the idea of like authenticity, right? And, and yeah. authenticity and vulnerability come through when you, when you get to be yourself. Now that doesn't mean like you're going to walk in and you're going to be like, Hey guys, I'm just sarcastic. So deal with it. Right. Like not, right. not like that, but the idea of like that you have the things that you believe in, right. Your values and, and the things that are core to you who make you who you are. If you put those aside, if you're hiding those, you're not going to be able to do the things you need to do. Like your actions won't be honest. Your actions won't be based in what you believe in. And people can smell the BS when that's what you do, right? Well, and it's not just, it's not just the people that you're leading. It's like the kids in my classroom. If I come in and, you know, I'm, I'm not being myself, I'm, I'm going to go through what I think, you know, you mentioned it, this idea of like, what's the perfect principle supposed to be? And if I come in and go like, I'm the social studies teacher today, this is what we need to do. That's a problem. Or if I come in and try to do it a way that I'm not right. Like if I try to come in and, 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 and act in a way that is not me, that maybe I'm trying to be more off the wall, or I'm trying to like just out, uh, out act the teacher next to me. Maybe they're really gregarious. Maybe they're the one who like, does uh, they build trenches in their classroom for World War II. If that's not me, my kids are going to know that if I try that, they're going to like, if I'm not buying it because I don't believe in it, they're not going to buy it. Right. Well, so true. I've been called out by staff because my staff sees me at, you know, our staff meetings monthly. They see me, you know, when I've presented at conferences, um, you know, they've, some of them have listened to this, you know, our podcast. And then, there's, there's been times where I've had to do presentations to the school board or district administrators, and I've been called out by staff afterwards saying like, who that is that wasn't guy? You. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that wasn't you. And, you know, it made me think, I'm like, yeah, like I didn't buy into that presentation because I thought I was trying to be the principal the board wants to see. Um, but the board, I mean, I've been here for, in the district for nine years. Like the board knows yeah. who I am. They know what I'm like. They, they, so... <laughs> Why am I trying to hide that? Because um, like you said, no one's going to buy, buy into what you're trying to sell then. I mean, if, yeah, if it, if it comes as a sale, right. Because if we're not being ourselves, it ends up being a sales pitch, right? Well, yeah. When it's us, when it's us doing it and, and it's authentic and it's, and it's vulnerable and it's real. I'm not trying to sell you a lemon. I'm not trying to sell you used car. I'm just being myself. But if I'm not being myself and, I, and I'm trying to do the other thing or I'm trying to put on the, the perfect persona or, you know, what I think, you know, other people want to see. And that doesn't mean that we don't like improve ourselves or, you know, there's not things that we can't work on to reflect and change about ourselves. But if I'm putting on the show that I don't believe in, people recognize that. And it ends up coming off insincere, just like that guy who's trying to sell you that used Toyota that you and your family are going to love, right? Like (laughs) it's, it's, it's that, that's what we, that's that, that, that show we put on 
when we're not being ourselves and people can feel it, they can see it. Well, it's in, you look at bands, like look when, when punk rock, like when we were younger, started to have whatever wave it was, you know, and Rancid and Green Day and Offspring and Bad Religion were all going to the mainstream and, you know, um, getting airplay. And I, I remember seeing Sick of It All play like MTV's Spring Break. Um, <laughs> or I'm sorry, the Boston's played, but Lou from Sick of It All came out and sang a oh, verse. He sings that song, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, during that time, there, I mean punk rock was the thing you know and people yeah. saw you can make money on this that's why the major labels came out and and all there were bands and you yeah. were in a band and you were in the scene and you know there were bands that were getting together solely not because it's their passion what they wanted to do they were they were getting together because hey we're gonna make it we're, we're gonna right. be you know right. we're gonna be the next green day and they're not here i mean People were able to, I, I remember so many times getting a CD from like disc exchange or, you know, you, you could listen to it before you buy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you borrow the, the head, which nowadays with, with what's going on now. <laughs> Don't I, put I the headphones just, on. <laughs> putting the headphones on, listen to a record and just, you know, 30 seconds into the first track, you're like, these guys are not in it for the right reasons you can and, you can feel that authenticity you can yes, feel it you and just it, know right and it's it's hard to necessarily define what it is like it's hard to like maybe put into words what that authenticity is but, it, but it, it's that feeling when you see somebody and you know that they're being their genuine self they, that you can tell they believe what they're saying and and, and really like it ends up being like, do you follow through on, on what you say you're going to do? Do, do? do the passions that you subscribe to or the values you put out there, do those, are those reflected in, in, in how you present yourself? So I want to, I want to take it, I want to take a minute and kind of go like, cause you had, you had mentioned this, uh, you recently wrote a little bit of a blog about, you know, the sort of like owning some of your, your actions. And, and you had talked a little bit about how you felt like you weren't being yourself earlier in this. So I want to, I want to kind of ask like, what are some moments that where you've struggled with being yourself in education or keeping your values front and center? Like, is there a time when you were like, I wish that I would have been me instead of like this mic, or I wish that I would have been a little more open with how I felt about this thing, but I wasn't, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, all the time. I mean, all the times that I've had to present data and analyze data at the, at the beginning of my principal career trying to lie my way through it. and the staff knew it they <laughs> they knew that he's got no clue what he's talking about he doesn't know what this chart means you know and i'm just rehashing what the other principals said you know we're supposed to say based on it yeah. and um you know that and at that point what happened was i mean the how it hurt me was trying to lie through it is the staff didn't buy into, you know, the value of data. And we, you know, we had Dave Schmidt on before and, you know, yeah. pe people who know me or follow me on social media or read some of my stuff, like feel, oh, he doesn't care about, you know, data at all. Let's just get rid of testing. And I'm not saying that, you know, like if you listen back to the episode with Dave, like data in the right context is especially beneficial. We need it. Right. Um, so it, when I finally just started being open and saying, look, so I remember standing in front of my, my staff at a, in the library and I brought it up and I could tell they're probably all waiting. Okay, here we go. He's going to, 
fumble through some some points on it <laughs> just telling them like look like i i don't know what this means like i need some help and seeing how not right there in front of everyone but later that night and the next day staff contacted me saying hey look i, I love to sit down with you and look at it like i love looking at data and one of the things was the staff looked at it as like hey they're going to get an opportunity to like kind of look at this data they don't normally get to see like so close and personal right, right. usually it's just on you know, a PowerPoint and then it's, it's gone. So plus they were going to help me. I think just having that, like, like, like I'm not, you know, principals sometimes have this, this aura or this ego, like I I'm here and I know all, and you know, there's a lot I got to learn, you know, like I'm good at relationships and culture, but other than that, like there's things I need help with. So I think Brene Brown is loving your vulnerability right now. She's, yep, I, she's she's applauding somewhere in the in the world for 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 opening up about that. But I, Mike, I, I think you're right. Like we often are sometimes faced as educators with scenarios where we think we have to meet a mold, right? Right. Like we we have to be because if you like like whatever reason you go like think of a teacher and like you get that 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 applique vest with the A's and the apples on it, and you know you think of like you know, what, you know, the perfect high school teacher or whatever it is. And it's, you know, it's the, it's the coach or it's the, you know, the, you know, the very studious uh, um, history teacher or whatever, like all those things, like we fit, we, we have this mold where we think like, well, that's the way we have to do it. Right. We like, that's, that's the way you're successful is to fit in to this, this, this mold of, of what this is. And what, what about you, Josh? Well, yeah, that, that's that's what I, like. There there are times in my own career where um you know like, uh I think it's oftentimes when I find myself on a new campus, right? Because okay. I I'll, this is my fifteenth year, and in fifteen years I've been uh, five different campuses over over time, right? Um, two of those switches were one was because of giant budget cuts, and the other one was because my wife became the principal at the school right. we taught at. So <laughs> right. like two of those changes wouldn't have happened. Right. But right. Um, so I've been at five different campuses and there's always a time period where you're trying to like feel out what you can do and who you can be. And, and, and I think that there are times when I made that switch where my teaching suffered because I wasn't myself because well, what if this principal doesn't like that I bring my guitar in and do, you know, and do songs right. say, and have my kids write songs and we, we play songs about, you know, whatever history topic we're doing. Or what if my teacher isn't a, ba- a big fan of the fact that, you know, we're going to watch Godzilla in my classroom to learn economics or, you know, all those things where we shortchange ourselves a little bit because we go like, well, the perfect teacher probably wouldn't do that. Or, and then what I see is I see like my own, my own classroom, I just, I just was fumbling, right? So I, I went from a pretty, I went from a campus, um, you know, that was, was very high needs. It had a, a lower SE, you know, lower socioeconomic standard, switched across the district to a more well-off, more uh, affluent area. And like, I, things that I was doing, I just like, for, for whatever reason, it was a brand new school, different people, there were things that I didn't do. Um, and I felt like, well, that sucks. I'm not having as much fun. Right? right. But I'm trying to like fit the mold of what a teacher here is like, or, you know, you know, what, what, how does that work? And I, I think that that's the thing that we run into is if we're not authentic to who we are. And I think, you know, in my role as, um, 
you know, as a district figure, right? I'm not really a, I don't work at the district office, um, but I'm often in district office things uh, that I, that I sometimes feel like, you know, um, I'm supposed to be a certain way in those meetings. But what I've found is that oftentimes people are like, oh, thanks for, thanks for being your role in this, right? Like, thanks for being the person to say that because oftentimes you find yourself in that room and when not everybody is shouting the values out that you hold close, you might not share those out. But that right. might be because the other people in that room aren't willing to be vocal and vulnerable with you. But if you're able to go in that room and say like, this is something I believe in and this is something I'm, you know, that, that is true to what I think is important in education. I don't think we should be doing this and here's why. You might see a whole bunch of people go, yeah, you're right. 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 And, right. and, and, and because we're all worried about not looking right in the role or not falling into that trap. So Mike, how can you, I mean, you, you mentioned this before, like, so how can you encourage those you lead and those on your campus to be true to who they are? What does that look like for you as a leader? How do you try to do that? Or, or how would you like to, to improve on that as a leader? I mean, first it comes down to, to modeling, you know, it wasn't until I really kind of just stepped out there and was like, here's who I am. Like here, here's, you know, my passions in skateboarding and punk rock music. Here's the pictures of me with a Mohawk in high school posted in all of our staff bathrooms right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I think them seeing me and, you know, there's been a lot of comments over these past couple of years from my staff saying like, you know, you're completely different than any principal we've ever had and, and any principal in our district. And not saying that that makes me any better because, you know, every principal in our district has a different leadership style. And I think that's what makes our team so effective. Like we've really you know, we really, I mean, we had a, before you and I hopped on, like we got together for a 10 minute quick meeting with all six buildings. Like, Hey, here's where we're at. Then like, and, you know, so I think them seeing like me not being afraid to, to step out of that, that, that mold I thought I had to fit in when I first came here. Um, you know, and I, I tell them all the time, I mean, I, there's plenty of times where in, in administrator meetings and I will be the only one with a different viewpoint. I, and I share it because if that, like you said, that's what I think is, I'm not just going to be a yes man and go along with the majority. Like even if my thing gets shot down, knowing that I put it out there and at least explain why I felt that way about whatever yeah. we were trying to do, whether it's you know, bring the students back or let teachers work from home, you know, I could be the only one that thinks one way and I'm going to at least share it with them. Um, and, you know, and, and as for getting the staff to do it, you know, I think one, them seeing the leader myself do it helps ease that, but just encouraging it, you know, like so many times, like somebody will say like, Hey, I, I want to do this in my class. I'm like, let's try it. Let's, let's figure out a way to make it work and let right. me know how I can help you with it. And it kind of goes back to like, you know, just stepping out of your, your comfort zone and trying it and not being afraid to, to, you know, fall face down or fail. I mean, we had on, on the other day, so right now our staff, and I've said this a million times, but if this is your first time listening, it's 
So I'm letting you know again, our students are fully remote. Our staff is in the building working. Yep. And we actually worked from home the day after the election day um, in, in the event that there was social arrest, because in our area, we've had lots of um, protests and looting happen, you know, from the spring on. Um, of course, we didn't have a we didn't have any results the next day, but <laughs> so the staff was able to work from home and I asked them like, how did it go? And I can't tell you how many of them said it was so nice that their students got to see a part of them. They got to see their home. Yeah. They got to see their kids, their pet dog, you know, like even if it's just, you know, your dining room curtains behind you, the kids got to see you in, and they said that they would they were just so much more comfortable right. in their home on their screen when the kids were at home on their screens. And there's something, there's something about when you, when you're true to yourself and you share who you are, people connect with it because it's, it's. You feel they can be themselves too, right? Yeah, like exactly. It, it's safety because we, yeah. we can drop that facade. We can drop that act. And again, it's not the idea that being yourself means that you can, like you're the worst part of you, right? Like being yourself means like those, those things that you care about and those things that you're passionate about, the things that you believe in come out in what you do and they drive what you do. And, and the fact that we're able to share that with people. And I, I think you're right. You mentioned modeling being that big key thing. And I think that's really true for teachers as well, right? It's not just leaders, oh, definitely. It's, it's teachers as well. Because when you, when you are in your classroom, and you model for your kids that it's okay that you didn't know something, right? When you model that vulnerability of like, you know, I don't know the answer to that. So let's figure it right. out, right? Or you are true to yourself when, when, when you're able to express who you are and share with your kids parts of you that maybe don't align in that I'm that robot teacher mindset, right? They see you as a person because we, we hear people, I mean, this is something that's been said a lot of times, right? Like, Kids don't, um, oh man, what, now I can't think of the quote. Um, they don't learn from you. They learn for you, right? Like that idea, right. like it's, it's not about like you build that relationship first and that authentic relationship with those kids by being yourself, by, by, by being open and honest with them and sharing with them who you are. And then in turn, they feel connected to you and that classroom because you're a real person who has feelings and who cares, you know? And it's, how many times have you, you know, seen a kid, well, not right now, but at the movies or the grocery store or, or, or a restaurant and they, they would look, especially when I got into mis, in administration, so shocked to see, oh my God, what is he doing at the movies? Right. But these last few years when I have been myself and I've been, in the halls or out in the back, the back uh, playground with my skateboard, talking to kids and just wearing, you know, jeans and, and vans um, and not wearing the shirt and tie. When I've seen kids outside, they don't have that whole shock because they've already, they already know who I am. They know right. I have a family. They know I have two kids. They know I have a wife. They know that, you know, we love, you know, going out to, for, for pizza at tomato bar. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty cool when the kids don't have, it's, now it's when the kids see me, it's like, oh, hey, Mr. Earnshaw, or they know my kids by name because yeah. I've talked about them so much and they've met them so many times now by my kids come to school events and whatnot. So it's, 
it just makes everyone more comfortable. And when right. you're comfortable, I mean that you're you're everyone's going to just progress farther. Whether well, then you're not worried about or, you're not worried about all those externalities, right? right? You're able right. to be like, no, I, I can be who I am. I can I can get down to doing this work. I can put that stuff aside. So what we did is, you know, we brought the slow chat back, Mike. We brought we, it back. We brought definitely. back the PRC slow chat. It, it took a little break. Uh, we brought it back because we wanted to ask educators like we asked them essentially like, why is it important for educators to be themselves, right? Why is that an important mm-hmm. piece? And so we had uh, uh, Dr. Jeff Prickett at uh, JD Prickett. Uh, this is what he says. He says, it's so critical. The reason this is so important is because we're literally guiding and counseling and teaching the future. All eyes are on educators. Kids will model what they see. So be yourself. That was really good. I like that one. That definitely it's true. And it makes me think back if I would have been myself so much earlier in my career, how much more progress we could have made, but (laughs) you know what? Yeah. All right. We had Alexandria Adams at Mrs. Adams teach. It's so important because we want our kids to be authentic. We have to model that authenticity. Today I was called the weird chaotic ant by one of my students (laughs) and I couldn't have loved it more. I am what I am. And that makes my classroom mine, you know, real quick. This, this morning, after I did my morning announcements and I played music, I had a text from my social worker and she wrote, why are you so weird? And I, <laughs> I took that as the biggest compliment because you know what? They, they noticed that this is me and you know, it's I all got, good. I got to do announcements this morning at the elementary school. I'm doing some of my internship oh, nice. with. And so uh, the principal always does joke of the day, right? Well, yeah. we, we do the podcast. So like I have radio voice. I can't help it. That's right. just what it is. And so like I got on and I'm like, hey, Jefferson Jaguars, right? Like use my best radio voice. And just the amount of kids, right? Who walked around and they would hear me talk. They'd be like, oh, you're the, you did the announcements, right? And so they, they got to sort of see that. Um, and they knew that like that, that's me. That's who I am. That's and cool. that little connection really built. Um, so then we've got uh, Gino uh, Luyan who says, uh, we can't teach the truth if we are not true to ourselves, that's like, that's like some deep level stuff right there. That's so, real deep. Right. I like, I like that. That's, that's a really good, one. that's the name of my next album. I think um, had, but that's uh, a really good one. <laughs> Mr. Top at Mr. Top two. What we are teaching our kids. What are we teaching our kids? If we aren't ourselves, we need to practice what we preach or we're hypocrites. Being yourself also helps you to empathize with our students and they can be comfortable being themselves. And I think that's the best one to end on because it just sums up the whole episode right there. Right, like we're making like, it allows everyone to sort of be comfortable in their skin, right? No matter who they are. And they, they, if if we, if like, I I keep saying this, but if, if we're able to be honest and vulnerable and 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 can share that with our kids and be authentic in who we are they'll know that it's safe to do the same thing they'll know that it's safe to ask a question they'll know that it's safe to you know share something like all of those things come through when we can be ourselves in our classrooms and they're just going to help it's going to help them accept others and their differences and their quirks right and for sure to learn that you know and it's such a young age i mean it's how much better this world's going to be going forward. So, right. 
So we've got our next episode coming up. I want to thank everybody for tuning into this one. Our next episode is a punk rock collaboration with Mr. Doctor. Excuse yes, me, not doctor. Mr. Doctor Matt Joseph. The doctor came on uh, and we had a really good conversation about mentorship. So check out that one. It's going to come yeah. out uh, next week. It's a really great episode, a really good discussion. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punk Classrooms. You can follow Mike on Twitter and Instagram at his new handle at Mike R Earnshaw. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the same, th- at, at, at also both the same ones at Josh R Buckley. So those are our handles. You can find us on all those social media spots. Yeah, and definitely while you're waiting for the next episode to drop, don't forget to use the, ha- <clears throat> excuse me, use the hashtag punk rock classrooms. Uh, we got our website out, punkrockclassrooms.com, where we've got our podcast, we've got blogs that Josh and I have been putting up. Uh, we got our merch tab. I mean, uh, there's a few YouTube videos up there, so definitely check it out. But yeah, Josh, go ch- before, we- oh, go oh, ahead. I was just saying, yeah, go check it out. <laughs> uh, but, but before we go, what have you been listening to? All right, man. I've like, I've been all over the place with like, with music right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, um, I went with a classic to get me through the last couple days. I broke out, uh, strung out, twisted by design. I broke it out on my run and it was exactly what I needed. Last night was a super, my, my wife had a football game last night. She was, didn't get home till late. Um, you know, being, being the principal at the, at the football game. And so, I didn't get to bed till late. I woke up early to go do my run this morning. I'm like, I need something. So there's nothing like metal tinged nineties punk rock yeah, to get nice. you going. So I, I, I listen to strung outs twisted by design is, is my, was my big listen for today. How about you, sir? What have you been listening to? Yeah. So this today, I don't, I woke up and, and I put on a uh, only crime, which was the, you know, that super group with like Russ Rankin from good riddance and, Bill Stevenson from Descendants and Aaron from Bain, who's now in Be Well, and uh, was just listening to some of that old that old stuff. I was in a Russ Rankin mood, but I, there was there wasn't a good riddance record out there. I was like, oh, I want to listen to that. I was like, I'm gonna put Only Crime on. There you go. So there we go. All right, man. So everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to give us a beautiful, lovely rating on iTunes or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast fun from. Uh, thanks for joining the crew. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for like the, the, the faves and the likes and the retweets and all that good stuff. And Mike and I will see you at the show. At the show.